Pros in the know start with Lowe's because Lowe's makes it easy to save big on building materials to finish any job. Need to stock up on water heaters? Save 5% on select A.O. Smith water heaters when you buy three or more of the same model. Plus, save 5% on eligible purchases every day when you use your Lowe's business credit account. So, pro, now that you know, start with Lowe's. While supplies last, credit offer subject to credit approval can't be combined with other credit offers. Exclusions apply, U.S. only. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Define Yourself Super Mom Edition. This is your host and creator of the DYS series, Valencia Griffin Wallace. I am a lifestyle designer and boldness coach. And the call today and also tomorrow are very special because it's all about the moms and momming. So we're going to start using that term, mommy. So being a mom, a lot of times we think that we have to be perfect. We have guilt issues. We don't think our kids are normal. We don't know if we're doing it right. And there's really no way to do it right. You just do the best that you can. So today our special guest, is Miss Precious Brown, and you guys may remember her from the week-long DYS series we did. Um, she was one of the speakers on the relationship panel, and we all had, like, a fabulous time. It was quite enlightening. And we also have someone new to the DYS series, Miss Ty Ramsey, and I'm going to let them introduce their self just to kind of help you guys get to know them. Please keep the Facebook page active. And um, let's, let's show people really what DYS is all about, which is define yourself. So, Precious, if you could go ahead and introduce anybody who may not know the power coach herself, introduce yourself to the <laughs> DYS crew today. Good evening, everyone. Thank you so much, Valencia, for allowing me to be on the on the on the call today. I am Precious Brown, your power coach, known as the divorceologist. I'm the CEO and founder of Power and You, where I help women shift their pain shift their pain to power, so that they're able to live healthy lives emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Um, I came about founding Power and You after a very Mm, abrupt divorce, and I was in a space where I wasn't sure who I was or what I wanted to do with my life or if I had even done anything right up until that point. So out of that um, space in life, um, Powering You was created. So since that time, I've been helping women just gain knowledge of who they are, what it is that they expect and want out of life, um, how to love themselves, as well as nurturing other relationships and gaining clarity in what it is that they want to do in life so that they are able to walk in their purpose. So in a nutshell, that's who I am. Hi, everybody. I'm on Facebook Live in the DYS group. Yay, and thank you so much, Precious, for giving us the uh, the live version. I can't wait to go back and and watch it because I can't. I'm got too much action on on my end right now. But <laughs> next, you, like Precious is awesome, you guys. You, I I really hope that you guys either 
caught DY, the DYS series, the week-long series we did a couple of months ago, or either mm-hmm. purchased it. So it, it was phenomenal. So we're bringing on Miss Tyrell Ramsey. So, Ty, if you want to do a brief introduction, we could just jump right in after that. All right. Hello, everyone. Um, look, I'm having technical difficulties, so I logged out of my uh, Facebook Live. I'm going to try to do it in the um, group and see if it actually works with more than one of us. But anyway, um, my name is Terrell Ramsey. I am the founder and CEO of Creative with Purpose, LLC. And um, I consider myself an empowerment pusher. That's my thing. It's to uplift, motivate, elevate, and to help people get from a, a negative space, in particular women, from a negative space in their head to um, a positive space and to move forward in life, whatever their blocks are, identify their inner strengths and just maximize those divine gifts that we're all given. But for some reason, life gets in the way and it causes on our true talent. So um, that's what my focus is. I'm also a child advocate and a speaker as well as a child advocate, which is you know, what I do during the day, I work with children and families, and uh, most of that, once again, it's about empowering families, stabilize, helping them to stabilize their self, depending on the situation, provide them or link them to resources, and uh, so forth and so on. So, uh, Valencia, I'm sorry, I forgot to thank you for allowing me to be a part of this process, and I'm looking forward to um, two wonderful beautiful night of, um, you know, uh, exchanging motherhood, um, chat, and thoughts. I am the mom of a 23-year-old, so I have an adult child. Uh, she's away at school. So that's me in a nutshell. And thanks again, Valencia, and welcome everyone who is I'm so excited to have both. Just jump right in. You know, the good, bad, and the uglies of being a mom. Mm. The, the real. And if you're on the call on Facebook, if you have any questions that you would like addressed, asked, any situations you would like discussed, you could either post it on the event page or inbox me on Facebook, Valencia Grissom Wallace, and I will, me and the two beautiful young ladies on the call, will hopefully get a chance to address those questions and your situation. So, so let's get in. Hello? Hello. Oh, okay. Okay, so let's get right into it. And if you are not a speaker, please mute your phones because it does take time to individually mute everybody. So if everybody could do that at this moment, I would greatly appreciate it. So, Precious. Let's yes. talk about that, oh, my God, really, I'm pregnant moment. <laughs> um, the first time? <laughs> well, okay, so how many, how many kids do you have? I have four children. Okay, so let's go. All, what, go ahead. All are adults at this point. Thank God we made it. <laughs> <laughs> what was that, that first? That first pregnancy, what was that reaction like? Like, were you prepared? Were you like, no, somebody's lying? 
so on and so Absolutely forth. I was nowhere near prepared. I was um, a teenage mom. I found out I was pregnant on Valentine's Day at the age of 19. Um, So I was terrified. I was still at home with my parents. I was in college. And needless to say, the person I was pregnant by was not my boyfriend. (laughs) So it, yeah, so it had a lot of twists and turns, um, a lot of mixed emotions, not really sure what life was about to hold for me. Um, after the initial shock and the initial com- conversation of um, of the news with my mom, because that was the first stop I had to tell her, um, and her reaction was um, basically, you know I'm not babysitting. I didn't really understand that whole concept. She was like, I'm not babysitting. But after that initial shock, then I went into what am I supposed to do now? Um, I was a spoiled child, so I wasn't really, one, used to sharing anything, although I had siblings, um, because we were all very um, into ourselves. So that crossed my mind, and then what was I going to do about school, and how was I going to take care of this baby, because I didn't know anything about state aid or anything like that, because both of my parents worked full-time. So now I'm thinking I have to drop out of school so that I can take care of this baby. And once the baby came, that is exactly what happened. I had to drop out of college so that I was able to It just continued as such. It was a struggle. It was a real struggle, especially because I was so far from being prepared. But I can say that her dad really stepped in and and stepped up to the plate to help me. So although it was a true struggle, um, I did have a really good support system with my parents, his mom, him, his sister, my siblings. So it it wasn't as hard on a day-to-day, but financially it was a a true strain for me. So that was my, oh, God, I'm pregnant story. Understood. I know um, from the moment, and I got pregnant with Cameron at um, 19, I didn't want to be a parent. That's number one. So, you know, it's okay if some of you guys felt that way because I was like, there's no way I could possibly raise a kid. in this world, basically have another me, because I was a mm-hmm. terror. And mm-hmm. um, when I got, I knew, like, I, I kid you not, not um, if moms, if you guys on the line or, or dads or whatever, if you guys could relate, post this in the group. But from the, I knew the moment I got pregnant. And it's, mm-hmm. and I don't know how to explain it, but I knew at that moment. So, Time passed because I'm like, no, you, there's no way you could really know that. But time passed a couple of weeks. Um, I think I was like five weeks when I said, okay, you know, you hadn't been feeling right. And I still want to tell the doctor he was lying. Right. Because <laughs> I was like, you know, I don't know if um, I'm have, you know, if I'm married or what's going on because there's no way that I should have been pregnant. Mm. But I always say that, um, you know, and I just have Cameron, just have my one son, then I have my bonus daughters. But I said God knew what he was doing because had I not had 
Cameron mm-hmm. at that point, and when I, I just turned, uh, was a month 20 when I gave birth to him, didn't, ha- had no support system, no example of what parenting looked like, mm-hmm. you know, and I was, I just had to pray the whole time that God knew better than me, because mm-hmm. otherwise, I mean, Lord, it was a wing and a prayer I, I raised them, and a mm-hmm. whole lot of prayer. So, um, Ty, how old were you? Because I know you have a, a, a beautiful daughter. How old were you when you found out you were pregnant? Nineteen, and like you, Valencia. What nineteen? Right. <laughs> I remember the curve age. Second, okay. <laughs> I remember it because my fears were, uh, first of all, like you, Valencia. I never fantasized about having children and, you know, wanting that whole uh, nuclear family thing and, and being someone mom. It just never entered my thoughts at all. So the relationship I was in, I was really emotionally invested in the relationship, and I thought, you know, well, this is going to go well. But mm. the fancy part, I was careless pretty much. So. I got pregnant, and when I got pregnant, my greatest fear is, in addition to not yarning, you would say, <laughs> I have fear of my parents. And if you know anything about Caribbean folks, I'm from Jamaica, by the way, you know, for women, when a girl gets pregnant, it doesn't matter if the guy has made someone pregnant. It's, you know, whatever. But when you get pregnant as a woman, your life is over. Mm. That's the memo. It's over. So I went in like, I don't know, panic-stricken mode because now I'm dealing with my internal not being able to even uh, enjoy the motherhood thing and like having Mm. a child growing inside of me to like, I have to face these people. (laughs) I got to tell them. (laughs) (laughs) And, And I was like, so? What I did, which I thought was not going to end the way it did, I went to my sister, which is she's like a year older than me, and um, I told her, you know, this is the situation. I, or maybe she asked me. I'm not sure. So I said, this is what it was. But still in my mind, I'm not expecting her to go blab. I'm telling you, <laughs> that means that I haven't made a decision what I'm going to do yet. So I'm just okay. letting you know this is what's happening to me. Lo and behold, she went ahead of me. Next thing you know, I was summoned to the Council of Parents, both of her, (laughs) me and him, sitting on some couch looking at my mother and father like, what the hell? This is us just like blank staring into their face because now my father's like, what's your intention, blah, 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 blah. And, you you know, and and the world is coming to an end. There's a whole nine yards. And now it's like I can't even make another decision. I have to go through with this. Right. They, they know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing I can do about it. Now I have to go through with it. So that was like the beginning of a, a, a struggle that created a whole other dynamic. So I'm sure we will get into. But I remember yeah. the exact flow of how it went and how traumatized and and, and Anxiety ridden I was at the time. Mm. That's, yeah. that's 
that's interesting. Number one, we were all around the same age. Um, mm-hmm. That's that, that's interesting, and I don't know if it's something about that age. I know the majority of the women in my family that preg- that's pregnant or have had uh, kids got pregnant at nineteen. So when I right. when I was like, "Whoa, I got a boy!" Jesus, you know, I was like, <laughs> I, "I don't have to worry about him getting pregnant." And he know I will. He'll live in the shed. I'm not. I said I want to look. Preferably look or at least act like a grandmother before I'm I'm not ready. I I'm nauseous. I get uh, I have a weak stomach, so I told him consider all that because I will not. You know I say that, but you know we, I don't even want to talk about that. I was just about, about that. to say that. You say that until it happens. <laughs> I will be on the news international. Um, but you know I I love my son, and I often wonder. Um, because when we get into talking about parenting skills, and I know my relationship with my mom, and I recently posted on Facebook that um, my mom was murdered when I was 17. Now, before that, though, um, so it, it's been 22 years, and um, I'm going to hold it together. But before that, you know, my mom, she had me at 17. So she was still young and partying. She got off in the drugs. There's no cute way to say it, it is what it is. So we never had that mom and daughter relationship. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we had a, because a, she wasn't really into discipline and, you know, as she got off into dealing with her own demons, I pretty much was parenting myself. And so that's one of the reasons I was like, I didn't want kids because what if I'm, too selfish to stop whatever I'm doing to raise them, or what mm-hmm. if it's something genetic in addiction, and I'm raising my son as an addict. So that mm-hmm. was one of my worst parenting fears because nobody I saw was doing it right. I wasn't parented right. I mean, you know, I was yeah. in sixth grade. I was jumped in the game. You, you know what I'm saying? I was just wilding out, but I didn't have that structure at home. So I didn't have a childhood. So how can I raise a child when I don't know what a childhood looks like from the age of six and up? So that was mm-hmm. my worst parenting fear that I was basically going to mess up somebody's life because I didn't know what the H I was doing. So, right. Ty, what was your worst parenting fear? Well, I'll take it back a little bit. When I say my parents, my parents are really um, my adopted parents, my my aunt is the sister of my biological dad. So my, da- my dad died when I was um, three months old. And my mom, apparently at the time she was just too young or, you know, I don't have the full story. I just get bits and pieces of it. But she, um, her parental responsibility became my grandmother's. And um, my grandmother would tell the story that she elected to be the primary parent. She basically said, if you have a girl, I'm going to take the girl. Because mm. I have a brother, which I share with my dad. I mean, I share with my father and my mom. So it's two of us from the same parents. So she was like, um, my, my grandmother was like, okay, if this is a girl, um, even before my dad passed away, that she's going to step in and, you know, be like the, the next parent in line or something. So then he passed away, and she really took that to the next level which is 
paternal, my paternal grandmother, you know, his mom. So I came to be with her, and I was with her for, I want to say up until, like, uh, maybe I was four years old. And then my aunt, she had, like, four other children, and the last two were pretty much in my age group. And she said to my grandmother one day that you can't keep um, dragging the little kid around with you. Let her stay here because she needs stability, and we will do, you know, the parenting, and you, you know, she became, like, financing and stuff like that. So I came to be with my uncle and my aunt. My uncle and my aunt came, my mom and my dad. That's all I know. So I had a, a reference of parenting, but it still was a little um, strained because I knew I wasn't the biological child, and there was, like, differences and characteristics that weren't, you know, in line with the family, family, <laughs> that family. But they they took me in. I became sister. I call my cousins, they sisters and brothers. I've been calling them that for years. So then um, my aunt, uh, <laughs> excuse me, I'm sorry, she, um, I decided at some point that she's going to migrate it to the States. So in the process of doing that, I now have to become adopted because in order for me to come, I need to carry the same last name. So that's how that process went. Now, I, am, I, I grew up in a two-parent household, and I know I've seen the dynamics of how you parent and co-parent and all of that, but in my the world that I was living in, it's, it's amazing how you can be a part of a group but you're still isolated somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. Understood. Mm-hmm. Understood. Absolutely. That, that was me. That was me. So whatever the message was as far as impairing in and, and how it should look and how it should work, I wasn't even capturing that. But I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that until later on in life because I kept my grandmother in her infinite wisdom, I would call it, kept saying to me, um, you can't turn out to be like Paulette. Paulette is my biological mom. Because by that time, Paulette had about six other kids with some other different man, and, you know, she's just all over the place, and she's just not focused. So mm-hmm. Terrell cannot be a Paulette. That's, that's my memo. And that I think it created such a fear of wanting to, 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 to be a parent that it lingered. And it laid dormant mm-hmm. time for me to actually be a parent. <laughs> and it came to fruition because then my daughter, she came at a time when, you know, it was uncertain because I'm 19, you know, technically old enough, but not so old enough to, to understand what to do and what not to do. And it led to a, 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 a little bit of a a little disconnect there. Um, well, going to Precious, what was your worst uh, parenting fear? Um, I am going hello? to have to say, hello? Did yeah, we start with you, Ty. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah go no. ahead, Precious. Go ahead, okay. Precious. Um, no, I would no, have to say that my, that my greatest fear was um, for something to happen to my children, something being um, someone inappropriately touched them or, you know, they're kidnapped or, you know, the real, the, the real 
all of it's serious when, when you're a parent, but the real brutal things was my worst fear. Um, only because, and I, I'm like, Ty, when you grow up in a certain atmosphere and you, you um, have that fear that lays dormant until it's your time to be a parent. And I saw things that, um, such as the partying and being part of um, um, molestation and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So that instantly made me cling to my children um, oh. more than you know, most parents probably would have. Um, And it it wasn't until my oldest son told me, he was about 14, and he was like, Mom, you smother us. (laughs) I never even realized that I did that, but I did it because of the fear that someone else would hurt them. So I, I I kept them really close. They weren't able to go over to anyone's house. You can't stay the night anywhere. If you go down to a friend's house, you got a hot hour, and you got to be mm-hmm. back. And if you're not, I'm coming to knock on the door. I mean, it, it was it was crucial. But my greatest fear, I would have to say, was that someone would touch my children. Well, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna piggyback on that, um, Precious. It's funny that you said that because I had the. Uh, the opposite of that, which is I push my responsibility onto everyone else because I just could not deal. Mm. So my, my sisters became like the surrogate parents, and thank God for that support because I think I would be in a different – I don't know where I would be today for my daughter, and they helped me and muddle through and figure out what is going on mentally and why it is that I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Is there, let me ask y'all this, um, and I know, Precious, I had that same um, fear, and I definitely, um, I don't know, Cameron probably would say I smothered him um, because I did pass threats with his friends, um, that if something ever happened to my child when he's with them, I'm coming to their house, kicking in doors. Yes, yes. I, I remind them that, uh, you know, I was jumped in the gang and some stuff and you don't leave. <laughs> I, I felt sorry for Cameron's son. Um, you know, and even now with him being gone in boot camp, you know, I was like, look, I will come and kidnap you. I don't care. I said that when he signed up, you know. Um, but definitely that fear of somebody touching or, or doing something or even talking down to your mm-hmm. to your child because you go in mama attack mode like, no, we're not going to do this today or any Absolutely. other day. Um mm-hmm. Would you, when you weigh, and I think I had a lot of anxiety as a as a mom because I was so worried about him. Do you think that that is healthy for a mom? Because I'm I'm sure a lot of moms on the line and dads can you know relate to some parenting anxiety. Do you think yours was um, normal or? you know, or you were, like, way beyond normal, or what do you think as far as, like, momming anxiety? Because a lot of moms these days take all kind of anxiety medicine just to deal with being a mom. Yeah. Well, I did – oh, was that question to me, Valencia? Yeah, that's, that's to you, Pete. 
Okay. Um, I didn't. In, I didn't take meds. Um, I self-medicated. <laughs> um, but I think that my anxiety was to the max in some areas. Um, because I'm like you right now. My son had a problem on his job, and he's 20. And I was like, you want me? You want me to come up there? <laughs> he's like, no, my. I, I actually went to one of Cameron's job. I'm not even gonna lie. I sure did. <laughs> well, um, in that aspect, I don't think that that piece of me will ever change because if you do something wrong to my child, um, there's just um, an extra something that kicks up. I don't even know what it is. Um, so, but as far as when they were young. I would say when it came to their safety, I wasn't overboard, but so, um, everyone being a suspect, hmm. I think that was overboard. That piece was overboard because I didn't trust anybody. I didn't right. care who you were. It wasn't no hug. Don't rub on them. Don't kiss them. Don't touch them. Uh-huh. I don't care who you are. Yeah. Um, and, and, and to be absolutely honest, Sometimes I watch my mom out the corner of my eye, you know what I'm saying, only because uh, I hadn't dealt with my issues. So I pushed my issues off onto them. And although, I mean, I I would go in, like, get ready to tuck them in bed and be like, "Uh, did anybody touch you? You know a good touch, a bad touch is, don't you? You know you can come tell me anytime. So I know. Throughout their life, they were probably like, "Oh my goodness, what is our problem?" But it would—it wasn't until they got older that I was able to explain, you know, right. why I had that—that—that—that that, that urgency of protection. Right. I didn't feel like I was protect, protected all the time as a child, and I never wanted them to have that feeling that right. I couldn't tell my mom or that she let this happen to me. So. Um, I think it's a, it's a toss-up. It just depends on whose eyes it's in. Um, I can see hindsight 2020 as a, as there are now adults. Um, I think that through that situation, it made them aware of what could happen, and all of them watch their children very closely. Okay. They give them a little more leeway than I did, I did for them, but I have – Put instilled that in them that they need to have those open talks. They yeah. need to um, be aware. Notice if your child's behavior is different than what it normally is. Notice, you know, I I could notice the shift in, right. in my in my children anytime a certain person was around. So I was, hey, uh-huh. what's going on right here? So, yeah. um, you know, it, it just depends on whose eyes it was in. Do I 100% feel like I was overbearing? Absolutely not. But in reality, I was I? I would have to say yes. I I agree. And in my reality right now, I'm still going to agree and say I'm not. <laughs> I mean, I can see, it in, like you said, in some areas. One thing I tried, um, the most uncomfortable thing, because um, I've dealt with, and moms listen up, because a lot of times we do, like Precious said, push our issues over onto our children. But I remember asking, you know, Cameron, like you said, it was funny because I could see me because I would ask him that if he, you know, sniffed wrong or looked wrong or looked something, you know, did somebody do you something? Somebody touched you? 
and, you know, so on and so forth, and I was very protective in that aspect, and I wondered if that is a a normal reaction uh, from a, a parent, you know, but I look at even with my mom, things that she, you know, we we had those conversations. I remember her asking me those things. I remember her making us watch um, Atlanta child murders so we would never get kidnapped, and I'm here, so I never got kidnapped. Um <laughs> I'm serious. It was it was crazy, but I I wonder if and Ty, you can answer this. Do you think, as a a mom, that because of how you grew up, that is you push that off onto your daughter? Um, I can uh, unequivocally say yes because what happened um, is completely opposite from what you ladies are sharing right now. I somehow did not feel protected at all and felt like no one was in my corner. And I went ahead and I did the exact same thing. Like I was trying to be a protector. And this is all unconscious. Now, this is not like, I'm, you know, I'm just not going to be there. I'm just operating in this level of unconsciousness that I'm not going to extend myself. I'm not going to overdo it. Um, it's almost like my daughter was not my responsibility. Mm. And it, it, it was like, uh, it didn't really, it, it doesn't make sense because you would think, like you said, from, from your um, experiences that you guys had, it's like you would think you would want to go the extra, 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 extra mile. Mm-hmm. But it didn't happen. I was so apart and separated from that, that my daughter experienced things that I wish she wouldn't have because of me not connecting. And um, it was, it was, it's troublesome. And I now can allow myself to, like, um, deal with some of the things that she says. And I give her the opportunity and I allow her to, like, express it because I know that I – was completely in a different state, and I did epic failure, wrong. I, it was just wrong to the 10 million degree. But it's something that I wasn't able to control until I got a grip of myself mentally. And um, it, led to, it led to a lot of things because, you know, my daughter, she speaks very openly on YouTube <laughs> about her challenges and what occurred during her childhood. And I love that process to happen because I know, for me, it took me uh, 30-something years to even start having a conversation of, about how I felt as a child and how it impacted me. So she's coming into her own at a younger age. And I see it and I hear where the deficits were in my character and the things that I could have done better as a parent to make that that whole, you know, childhood and transition better for her. Well, do you, um, and I know this may be a crazy question, because I know as moms, we, I know I, I carry guilt. And now that Cameron's 19, you know, I look at the whole picture and I'm like, okay, I must have done something right. But there are certain things in his life that I really had to kind of pray that guilt off of me. Because you're going to always feel like I should have been did this. I should have been in this situation. I should have been this way. So what what would you recommend if there's a mom on the line that, that's 
carrying some of that guilt in, in their parenting journey? Like, what would you what would you say to them, um, Precious? To you know, what would what would you say to them? I'm, like, to forgive yourself for something. I don't know how to say it. It's not it's not a, a one word answer and it's not an instant solution. Yeah. Um carrying guilt um comes from so many different things. And first we have to acknowledge what the root is, what the root of the problem is. Why do you feel guilty for any given situation? And once you can identify what the root of the problem is, at that time you can work on it and you can um begin to deal yeah. with each aspect of that guilt. Um, For a long time, I felt guilty for staying with my ex-husband, which is my children's father, um, because of the environment we created for them, being partying and drugs. We were young parents. So, you know, although the mother part kicked in, making sure they had a roof over their head, clothes, food, and all the necessities, um, emotional peace uh-huh. to them. Um, and part of it was because I didn't feel I had that emotional peace. My parents provided for us. As I stated, we were spoiled. When it came to financially wanting things, having things, anything we saw, we thought we wanted. We had it. So that's what I thought taking care of a child was. I didn't understand that I had to have that emotional connection. And although I'm no longer with their dad, I can say God does know what he's doing because he he had that peace because he grew up in the projects and all they had was each other. So their love their their love was true love. You know what I'm saying? So right. he 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 gave that peace to me and he he poured it into our children first and they gave it to me. And then that's when I started to deal with I, I don't know how to connect emotionally. So once I I realized that that's what it was from, the game shifted. I was able to then give that love back to them. Say, I love you. I think I told you on the last call, on the last um, uh, panel, I was 30 before I told my mom I love her because in our house it was understood. It wasn't something that had to be said. Whereas with my children, they said it every day. And their dad said it to them every day. And at initially my response would be, okay, <laughs> because that I, I wasn't connected there. And for a while I felt guilty because I didn't have that connection. But I had to understand that I didn't have that connection because it was not nurtured in me. So I allowed them to nurture that in me, and I was able to get over that guilt feeling. So I would say find out what the root of the guilt is so that you're able to deal with it effectively. Good answer. Good answer. Ty. Yes, ma'am. What if you, what would be the number one thing you would change if you could go back in time and be that 19-year-old young lady that got pregnant? What would what would be that thing that you change as far as dealing with your your daughter? Like if you just had to pick one thing, one aspect of you guys' relationship, what what would what would it be? Uh, 
I, it would be, you know, when you go and you get the ultrasound and you hear the heartbeat, like boom, 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 boom. Okay. I have, I, I, when I think about, I keep thinking about the uh, Naya Bingi beat. I don't know if you know that, the one, two, one, two. It's the African beat. It's a drum. It goes boom, 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 boom. And it means heartbeat. I wish if I could go back, because I think it would set the tone for my connection, that I could have that, 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 that thing, that thing that said, you are now the keeper of this soul. And if you're responsible mm. to nurture the soul. That's good. Yeah, that, that is, that's interesting. So that's good. It was like, okay, that, that, I, if I could go back, that one moment in time, I think if I, if I could change that whole way the soul and the, and the vessel that it came was received, I would have had a better uh, um, bond connection. Hmm. Interesting. Now let's make a left a little bit, and let me ask you guys this. Now, you're out and about in, in the world doing your daily things, and how do you feel, do you feel like a mom should carry herself a certain way or dress a certain way? Absolutely. And I tell people I'm not, a, I'm not a prude, and I don't know if it's my age now, um, I'm, but I'm, I'm very mindful of the fact that I'm a, a mom, and I'm a mother of a boy, of a mm-hmm. of a young man, and I'm very. And when I see people in public half dressed or, you know, all of their business out, it bothers me. Number one, and number two, when I see them with their kids, I feel so sorry for the kids, whether they're underdressed or dressed like they're around the house cleaning, you know, a, a mess, like. I feel mm-hmm. so bad for the kids. So do you think that a mom should carry herself a certain way? Um, let me let me go. I, I This is a, a very, it's not even, it's touchy. Because I am a, a very liberal-minded person. When I do see a woman carry themselves like that, I don't even... Um, start thinking about the kids. What I start to think about is, like, <laughs> you emotionally broken. Absolutely. Hmm. Absolutely. That's where I, I go. And maybe I should be putting the kids first, but I automatically go that way. But in the same token, I'm like, this is just a, a outward expression of an internal um, deficit or something that is happening. And it, 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 you know, sometimes the body is really nice and you look nice and sexy, uh, in, in, you know, to them. And sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, it's, it's okay. But I don't have a feeling of the clothes is the problem. Mm-hmm. It's the internal stuff that I'm, I'm thinking about all the time when I see that. Right. And mm-hmm. I do um, believe that I do believe and, under, and definitely understand what you're saying, and I and I do, I look at it from several different ways, and like I said, I, I'm mindful of 
how I dress um, in in general, uh, especially now. But it to me that came with age because when I had my son, you know, I was still, you know, listening to New Orleans bounce music in the club, you know, mm-hmm. and I mean. So I would dress like I was going to the club. Now, I was still dressed, but that wasn't my concern, you know. Um, so I don't know if that's something that comes with, with age that you learn how to be more appropriate. I'm even very mindful, and I want to ask um, Precious about this, because I'm mindful even with what I post on social media. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes I will see moms post stuff, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, I feel so sorry for your kids, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I get I get just that. reckless, reckless stuff mm-hmm. on social mm-hmm. media. Precious, your feelings or your thoughts? I agree with both of you. Um, I think that it does, one, come with age, um, but it also comes with a mindset. All of us were young when we had our children. I was still partying. I I did. Um, I never wore the butt clothes, is what I call them. <laughs> and I made my kids take the booty test in our house, and that means if you put on some shorts and you touch your toes and your behind is showing, you can't wear that. That was just. That was just. That was me, and it. Um, not only, I think I I became more aware of what I put on. And how yeah. I reflected because I knew I had girls, and mm. one day they're going to grow up. And I never wanted them to think that this is okay. So I, when I see young ladies out like that, I'm like, Ty, I think what's going on with you? Not so much of, uh, of the children, um, but more so of what are you trying to attract and what are you um, hiding? What are you covering up or not covering up? Um, when I see them with children, because everybody that dresses like that doesn't have to be a mom. So, right. But if I see them and they're with the children, my thoughts directly go to the kids, like, what are you teaching them? Right. And don't you understand that your little girl going to be in the driveway twerking because she see mama <laughs> doing it? You know what I'm saying? So, um, right. Yeah. Very perceptive. And, yeah. and we don't give them enough credit of how intelligent they are mm-hmm. because they pick up on things. So, oh, yes, I, I, I have, a, and this is a personal thing with me, I have a, a true problem with women underdressing. But it, it, it's more so because of your self worth than it is about being a mom. I just, I, I really want to just go up and touch you when <laughs> I see you with your daughters and you have right. dress and you think it's okay to be mm-hmm. gyrating and shaking in the liquor store parking lot because you right. can't and your baby in the back seat. So, right. you know, I agree with both and I um, I just have my own issues with that, but I'm dealing with them. <laughs> but I, I see that, um, you know, as, I don't know if it's like a, a DNA thing, like you see your mom do it, then you do mm-hmm. it, then your kids do it, grandkids, and you have like a generation of um, people that can't pass the booty test, you know. Right. Um, so you do have to be mindful as a mom especially 
Because I do think dads have have a role and moms have a role. And I don't know who mm-hmm. affects who more. I'd like to believe mom a mom's role affects the kids more, but, you know, everybody, mm-hmm. you know, have their own decisions with that. But what do what is that thing you see your child do that you know that is directly from your DNA? Like, what is that one thing you like, oh, mm-hmm. my goodness, I gave birth to myself? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say my daughter is fiercely, fiercely, fiercely independent. Like, mm-hmm. she does not like to ask for help or anything. My daughter would mm-hmm. rather she would rather do without, <laughs> let's just say. Than air. Yeah. And Absolutely. That's like, um, I think I, the other day I was posting in, my, in the group that um, I, it's not that I don't want to ask this question. It's just, it's a struggle. It's like I know I probably need to ask this, ask that, and blah, 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 but I'm not at the point where I, it's like relinquish my uh, independence let's just say, um, and she is just like that. She will make a whole, um, uh, take for instance school, all right? I, I really have barely had anything to do with my daughter choosing and going where she wants to go when she wants to go. All I do is here is she had she she was going to Alaska some like a couple of weeks and all I heard is I'm going to Alaska. Now you think as wow. a mom, yeah, <laughs> that is something that you would you would want to have a conversation like you know you're going so far blah 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 blah. blah. Uh, no, not my daughter. She makes the plans. She's off for the races. Now mm-hmm. she goes to she's trans uh, got uh, again accepted into and this is on her own accord into um going to, I think it's Thailand or something like that. And, again, there was no for conversation about anything. This is just her operating in her independence. And she operates that way until when it's time to do something, that's when I know about it. Mm. Okay. Precious. I would have to, I have two actually, and all of mine have these two traits. Um, one is definitely that independence because I was one. When I left my parents' house, I vowed I'll never ask you for anything, mm-hmm. and I did. And um, it wasn't because that's the way that they were. It was just I felt like I am a parent and I have to take care of my children financially. Okay. And physically, again, I lacked in the emotional area, but, you know, I worked on that. Um, So all of them have that. And then the other thing that every last one of them have is the mouth. (laughs) Sometimes they can say something, and I'd be like, precious, you know, because that tongue is sharp. And I have to tell them, you know, they 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 knew me before I was saved. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the, the that independence and definitely their mouths. Sometimes I have to say, "Who are you talking to?" Right. Oh, mom, mom, I didn't mean it like that. I, well, you watch your tongue. Right. So, I mean, the the mouth is definitely. It has always been a struggle. 
it, as much as my mom popped me in my mouth, I think I popped them in their mouth too much. <laughs> well, you know they say that uh, payback, whatever you give your parents, you get uh, from your kids. Three times. Mm-hmm. Right. With, um, now, I'm going to tell you, with Cameron, it's, uh, he, he got his mama mouth, but one of the things that I do see, and it's good and bad depending on how you look at it, Cameron is very much a, if you don't fool with me, I don't fool with you. He don't, mm-hmm. he don't chase people. So when it comes with different relationships, like with my with my family, um, and if they don't call Cameron or see what's going on and and they're like, um, well, why you don't call or why you don't? And Cameron, you know, my number hadn't changed. And those are like direct quotes from me because I'm very mm-hmm. much like I'm not going to chase you either, you know, and He's very cut and dry, and he'll say something with a straight face, like, you know, he he's very. Um, <laughs> we're working on that on that filter. Like I posted my my cup that says hashtag no filter. I've gotten better mm-hmm. with age. Cameron is still working on it because it's been times that we wanted to do stuff, and somebody has said they didn't have money, and Cameron is like, "Well, don't you work? Why you don't have money?" And he he's very that's him and sometimes I just have to laugh because I'm like Lord I gave birth to myself um definitely which sometimes is good and sometimes I'm like oh he's about to live in the shed you know um and so with that with that being said guys what would be um what what advice would you give a mom that you wish somebody told you and I know that's kind of hard to like some some up in like you know one word, but you know what's that one thing you wish somebody told you as as a mom, either when you found out you were pregnant or through through your journey? Like, what do you wish that? What's that one thing you wish somebody told you that you could look at now? Okay. Mm. Well, I think for me, which is probably what I've what I've been saying through the the course of this um, talk, is that your maternal instincts may not kick in. Hmm. I wish somebody would have said that is a possibility, because as a woman, you're thinking, you know, hey, what am I here for? Really? Mm-hmm. What am I? I'm gonna be your wife. I'm gonna be your mom. I'm gonna be a house, you know, person. Like that—that's my assigned, alleged assigned role. <laughs> so, motherhood, or or being a mom, or you know, bearing a child, or something like that—that that should be like a, you know, a natural thing. It should—it should just come. But mm-hmm. I wasn't—I wasn't like set up for all of that. And I, I wish that those conversations could have been had. Like, there's a possibility that you may not, that may not occur at the time you think it should occur. And uh, for some women, it's a process. You got to mm-hmm. work. Yeah, so that's, that's uh, what I wish I would have um, had some support knowledge about. Precious. Mm. You know what? <laughs> I know. I've been sitting here thinking about that since you asked, and um, I don't. I, I honestly don't know. I mm-hmm. believe that um, 
I wish someone would have told me that I could always follow my dreams even though I had a child. I wish someone would have pushed me to continue to do the things that I desired to do once I had the baby. I agree. Um, It was, yeah, you can go back to school, but there was no urgency. There was no push. There was no, um, this isn't your end. Just because you became a mom, this isn't the end of your life. This isn't the end to what you wanted to do. I I dropped out of college when I had my daughter, and um, it took me 10 years to mm. realize that I could go back to school yeah. to get my degree. And I just wish someone would have said, hey, you know, this isn't the end. Yeah, you can stay out of school for a year maybe, you know, until she's walking or what have you, until you're comfortable, and then jump back in the rings, and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll support you. I'll be there for you. But it was almost like I got pregnant and everything shifted to get married. And I'm like, I don't want to marry him. (laughs) Hashtag amen. (laughs) You know, so. I don't count that. I don't count. That part of my life, though, so we that that part don't count. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> I, I definitely uh, understand that, which is why I can't wait until tomorrow when we not only discuss that thing with you know putting your life on stop or pause your dreams just because you become a mom, and because we, I know I did that. I didn't realize I had dreams until I realized I couldn't do them, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like I'm mm-hmm. a mom, so I couldn't do them. And it took more years than I could count, and I, I can't, really can't wait for that tomorrow. The one, the one thing I would like to um, say is that parent with your heart. Don't Mm -hmm. listen to other people. It's like other people telling you about your marriage or your relationship or or how to Mm -hmm. be a pet parent or how to buy a house or whatever. Do it from your do it from your heart and and pray. And that's that's what I had to do because, Mm -hmm. like I said, I didn't. I was scared. I knew I was going to mess this kid up, and I just prayed to do otherwise. And I did everything from. From my from my heart, the one thing about kids, I mean, they have so much of your heart. I always say that's the one, the people in your life that love is truly unconditional. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, no matter. What. I mean, I, yeah, no, no matter, no matter what, you know, if your daughter go to Alaska or um, Thailand or wherever she's going, if she calls and say, "Mom, look, I'm in some foolishness." or whatever, mom's going. Mm-hmm. Same same with you, Precious. You know, it's, it's that thing that no matter what, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I remember on the job, I, I let them know, look, if Cameron got this, this going on, I will be taken off. If that's a problem, then I don't have to take this job or I will quit. Right. <laughs> but, but because I know what that felt like to, to do something and you look in the stands and nobody's there. Mm-hmm. I, and, and that, and from that, I said I will never be that parent. Yeah, mm-hmm. I want to 
I'm Valencia. Um, uh-huh. Working with um, the families that I work with, the, the parents, that's the thing I see because sometimes the children are removed. And the kids are, um, they always have, no matter what the circumstances, they just always wanted to be with that person. I mean, it doesn't matter yep. how egregious mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. how detrimental it is, they still, they still yeah, want to be there. Yeah, they want to be there. And, you know, of course, as adult, we have to make the decisions for them. Like, hey, this is not a safe thing. But that yearning to have that parent, mm-hmm. it's not go away. It, yeah, I know even when, when my mom, you know, really, and it was, like, really bad to where we wouldn't see her days, weeks at a time, um, I still wanted to be be there because I felt like, hey, I could watch her. Like, I could watch mm-hmm. her and make her not do or do something, do mm-hmm. you know, which is something I had to deal with that guilt later because, I mean, what could I do? I was a teenager. But I would have rather have been with her than anybody else because when yeah. I went with, with other family members, I did run away, you know, Um and it, it didn't matter, you know, how much of my stuff she, you know, she might have pawned or might have did whatever with. I didn't care. At the end of the day, that was my mom. And I I felt like I needed to be there to protect her. So it's something that no matter how bad of a parent we think we are, it yeah. is something that your kids are going to always want to be there. And some part of you is going to always yearn to be with your kids, whether it's up front, behind, it's, it's there, it's there. And, you know, just regardless, you know, with all us being moms and dads and everything, whatever guilt that you have behind, A, your parents, let it go. Because your, your parents weren't perfect. Yeah. So it's something you have to let that go and then forgive yourself for whatever you think you may have done perfect or not perfect or too much or too little in raising your kids because kids are resilient because Mm -hmm. you can look at, you know, all of our lives growing up, all of the things that we dealt with as just people, and somehow we raise these fantastic kids. Mm -hmm. Like, who does that? Us. So, moms, you know, make sure you pat yourself on the back. I'm going to start wrapping things up just a little after eight, but before... We go. I would, um, and I know Ty and Precious have some uh, announcements or something they want to do. If you guys could post that in a group, that would be. Is that okay with you guys? Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. And Ty. Okay, awesome. And also their information, so you could connect with with my super friends, with these powerful ladies, and you could mm-hmm. always inbox any one of us to. You know, if it's a question, if it's something, if you feel like you're struggling, if you're on this call, that means you have access to me, DYS, Precious, and Ty, and anybody. So you don't have to feel alone and carry that guilt because, number one, guilt is going to aid you, and I like looking like a young mama. I'm sorry. So right. <laughs> <laughs> make sure you join us tomorrow as we discuss dreams to reality. Mom saw when you heard all of us say, Basically about putting our life on pause, stop, and whatever when when mom kicked in, when that momming kicked in. So tomorrow we're going to give you some great tips on jump-starting, getting it going, because guess what? It's never too late to get it rolling. 
So with that being said, if I'm going to announce the winner, and this is a gift from me for Mother's Day, one of you callers that have registered a new book, 31 Days to Building Your Bold Factor. And so if you are on the call when I announce your name, please post in the group and say, I'm here, that's mine. Um, and if not, then we'll move on to the next person. So I'm going to get Precious, pick a number, because I just print out the list. So pick a number. Seven. Just any number. Seven. Seven. Okay, and Ty, you pick a number, and I'm going to add those together. Uh, three. Okay, so let's see who is number 10. Okay, Kalita Hall is the winner of Yay! Kalita. If you are on, if you are on the call, make sure you post in the group. I'm here, so I can get with you to um, send you your my new my baby. Thirty one days to building your bold factor, which I'm really excited about. So, Kalita, are you? Let me see. I think you are on the call. Yes, you are on the call. I think I muted you. Oh, Kalita. <laughs> Kalita, if you can. Okay, I, I see where you posted in the other group. So, okay. Well, you guys, give Kalita congratulations. And tomorrow congratulations. I will be, yay, Kalita. Tomorrow I will also give another special gift. You have to be registered. You have to be on the call. Thank you guys so much for joining us on the first night of DYS, da, 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 Super Moms Edition. Yay. And that Facebook group will still be active if you guys want to post comments. The, um, my ladies on the call will post their information so you guys can get in touch with them and see what they have going. Thank you again. Same time, same place. Tomorrow night. Did you guys want to add anything before we um, disconnect it? I just said we'll take questions as well. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. We will will take questions, and I am posting my um, opportunities in the group. Awesome. And make sure uh, both of these ladies have awesome groups. I'm sure they're going to post that information there. You guys, you know, get your motivation going, get everything going, um, connect with the right people, and that way you could go from a okay mom to a super mom. That's my wish for 2016, Mother's Day. So with that being said, thank you for joining us, and we will talk to you guys all tomorrow night.